Hey, Ty. Yeah, Ty? Welcome to Big Fly Pod. Swung on a joke into right field. There it goes. See ya. First hit of the year. Oh. He drives one. Deep left field. That goes up to Back near the wall. It's out of here. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, folks. Welcome to episode 60 of the Big Fly Pod with your co-hosts. Well, none of them are here tonight. It's just me rolling with a solo show. But I'm excited. It's my first solo show that I'm doing here on the podcast. Uh, I did throw the invite over to the guys to see if they can somehow get out of their committed plans. But I felt like the news that just broke was too good not to talk about tonight. Breaking news, breaking news. The Milwaukee Brewers have traded right-handed starting pitcher Corbin Burns to the Baltimore Orioles. We're going to talk about the whole trade and what is entailed and what both teams receive. Uh, We're also just briefly going to discuss some other details we learned on the Orioles sale of ownership that we know thus far. Uh, we're also, I'm going to call the guys out a little bit. We're going to review our previous free agent picks uh, and just do some other free agent updates as well. But of course, the biggest news, um, besides the $700 million contract that Shoei Otani got, the Juan Soto trade to the Yankees, this feels like a trade that was going to come to fruition only if the right things happen to the Orioles. And that is regarding their ownership change that just dropped here this week, where the Angelos family for many, many years have run this organization or run the Orioles organization. And out of nowhere decided that they were going to sell it for $1.73 billion. Well, the new ownership didn't sit around too much uh, and they must have, Saw an opportunity, and man, did they take it. Uh, The Orioles received, like we mentioned at the beginning of the pod, Corbin Burns, one of the premier starters in all of baseball. Really what has kept the Brewers intact for the last couple years, just an unbelievable talent. The Brewers, though, get a very interesting return in the deal. They receive infielder prospect Joey Ortiz, left-handed pitcher D.L. Hall, and also to the 34th pick in the 2024 draft, okay? Well, let's talk about Corbin Burns to start as, like we mentioned, one of the best in the game when it comes to being on the bump. In his last year, he's in his last year of arbitration right now. He did just agree with the Brewers on a $15,637,000 deal to avoid arbitration, which, of course, the O's will now take on to their payroll. He also becomes the highest paid player on their payroll. But as we've seen with the Orioles and where many flaunted them was the talent that this organization has in the farm system. It's the best farm system by far, not even close. Uh, That is a lot of credit to their GM, Michael Elias, who maybe had his hands, you know, strung a little bit with what he could do. 
He really had to build it from the ground up, which he burnt everything down and has now brought it to a team that won over 100 games last year, won the AL East, many thought would never win a division ever again, and has now dropped an absolute bombshell on the league and the AL East, which we mentioned before, folks, this is an absolute blood bloodbath of a division to win okay so Corbin Burns last year 193 innings pitched a 200k season and then with a 3.39 ERA a 1.069 whip with a 10 and 8 record but the last couple seasons include ERAs of 2.94 in 2021 he had 2.43 ERA and mind you in 2019, he had an 8.82 ERA, okay? And that was over 49 innings pitch. He started four games. Obviously, things have changed for that man. And really, this gives uh, such a different look now for a team that was really, really needing a premier frontline starter. He is now added to a rotation with Kyle Bradish, young up-and-coming star. Grayson Rodriguez, a veteran lefty who they missed dearly last year in John Means, and another solid, uh, you know, four or five starter in Dean Kramer, right? And this is a team now, you're looking at overall rankings, okay, for, for power rankings. They're stating uh, per fan graphs that Corbin Burns is ranked 11th, Kyle Bradish is ranked 17th. I can almost guarantee that Grayson Rodriguez is ranked of 78th. We'll get up maybe even past that 50 mark and be a top 50 pitcher in baseball. I wouldn't doubt it. So this team is now putting themselves in a really good position and probably felt a little bit of a threat when the Yankees had made that move to get Juan Soto. Because if you look at the rest of the division right now, the Boston Red Sox are just not doing anything and they fully admitted to not doing anything. The Tampa Bay Rays are doing the Tampa Bay Rays thing. They trade away Tyler Glass now. They don't have a lot of their starting rotation based on injuries. And also, too, remember that they don't have Wander Franco as well. So that team is going to rely a lot on their analytics, trying to piecemeal things together and potentially having to rely on a lot of their younger prospects. The Blue Jays, what does this make them do now? Right, because the Blue Jays, in many people's eyes, have not gotten not gotten better per se this offseason. In my opinion, I think they're still an incredibly talented roster and could easily still win that division. But with this move now by the Orioles and the Blue Jays not getting, you know, Shohei Otani, I think what this is really going to do is make them spark for a move. So Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman. Uh, even Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, some of these bigger names, I wouldn't be shocked to now see them in Toronto here by even the start of spring training. I think this is really going to spice some things up across the league. And at the end of the day, it's really nice to see that a team that has done all the right things to build back up what we saw last year in the playoffs with a fan base that truly, truly cares about this organization and this team. We are now seeing them really take the next step. And it's very, very exciting to see. What's also fascinating is the return on this deal. Now, mind you, 
The Orioles did not give up. I repeat, did not give up any of their top five prospects. Okay. Which thinking about when the news and the rumors came out that Corbin Burns was going to be a potential trade target. When that came out, everyone looked at teams like, of course, the Yankees, the Orioles, the Dodgers, where some of these teams that have very, very talented farm systems. And you think about that and you say, well, in that case, they're probably going to have to give something up because of the fact that the Brewers are still a very solid team. With not having to give up any of their top five starters, or top, excuse me, top five in reference to their prospect rankings, the Orioles are showing just how strong of an organization they have from their prospect channel. And it's truly remarkable what this team has done over the last couple of years. Now, let's look at the other side of things. Okay, so the Brewers are getting a very nice return. Infielder Joey Ortiz, left-handed pitcher D.L. Hall, the 34th pick. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Joey Ortiz. So Joey, Joey Ortiz, for people that don't know, has been a guy in their organization for quite some time. He's been in uh, he's been in the organization since 2021, which doesn't feel like a long time uh, in essence. But you know, for how talented this guy is, it just shows how strong this organization is. A guy who absolutely raked at the minor league level last year in Norfolk, which is the uh, AAA affiliate team. He had a 321, 378, 507 slash line, a almost 900 OPS. He That included nine home runs, 58 RBIs, 32 walks to 69 strikeouts. But I would say that he is a talent that the Brewers are obviously very excited about. Okay. Now, if you think about it, right, they got Gunnar Henderson, Jackson Holiday, uh, other names across the board in, within their prospects that have kind of blocked Joey Ortiz. And that's really been the word around the league, really, is that he is very, very talented. But if you think about it, right, if you're a talented prospect, but you don't have really a true opportunity to stay up in the big leagues and you may be fighting to get playing time. There's really no way to develop into the player that you truly can become. And I think that's what they saw and what they felt like they could change. Okay. So right now per fan graphs, they have Joey Ortiz slotted over at third base. Okay. Now on the Baltimore side, they had, of course, like I mentioned, Gunnar Henderson, uh, they had, uh, uh, Jackson Holiday. They had some other guys as well that you just kind of said, well, where are we going with this? Right. And Kobe Mayo was the other man that I forgot to mention as well, which Kobe Mayo has some of the best power in all of the minor leagues. So what the Brewers saw was an opportunity to say, okay, look, we can go out and try and win a division this year. In my opinion, looking at their rotation, I don't know if their rotation could help them get to a World Series, as we've seen with some of, the, some of these other teams that have very, very solid rotations that could take them all the way to the World Series, and they don't necessarily need to win 100 games, a.k.a. the Diamondbacks, a.k.a. the Phillies, some other teams that are truly built for the playoffs. Now, 
what was another fantastic ad by the Brewers in this sense was DL Hall. Now the rumors are that DL Hall may the Brewers may try to turn him into a starter. I'm seeing reports though saying they want to turn him into a starter, but they don't know if in the long term he'll be in that sense. This guy last year was absolutely dominant. Now he only had 20 innings pitch, but he had a 3.26 ERA. He had 23 strikeouts to five walks. He had a 1.19 whip and 10.7 strikeouts per nine. So you're already talking about a bullpen that is top of the line, right? With Devin Williams at the top, Joel Piams, Trevor McGill, uh, Elvis Baguero, Holby Milner, Abner Uribe, Taylor Clark, Bryce Wilson. Like this is a bullpen that last year as a Cubs fan, to be honest with you, was very scary when you got to the later innings, especially if you were tied or close. So you now add DL Hall, okay? On fan graphs, they have slotted as a, a fifth starter. But let's say his starter role doesn't work out. He could easily go back to the bullpen, and then he's going to be, you know, he's going to have familiarity there, and he can be successful, okay? So, again, a very just fascinating trade across the board. Uh, I can go into all the analytics and all those things, but there's just so many numbers in the sense of what, like, what these both these players you know, can transcribe, transcribe, excuse me. But looking at the overall deal, if I'm the Orioles, I'm saying I didn't have to give up any of my real true top five prospects. And I get a premier starter at the front line. And if you remember in the playoffs last year, you could, you could easily tell that that veteran leadership wasn't there in the rotation. Now you add in one of the best in the game to that rotation to start game one of the playoffs to move potentially forward. Their roster on the offensive side is good enough to easily get to the World Series. They're young, they're talented, and mind you, they have a surplus of talent on the way, as we've mentioned multiple times throughout the podcast so far. I'm thoroughly excited to see what happens. The other thing I do want to note, though, is that I know that the Brewers now the rotation-wise is not going to be, obviously, as pristine as it has been, losing Brandon Woodruff, losing now Corbin Burns. The rotation side of things is going to be a struggle. Do they potentially go out and make a move as well? Do they sign Blake Snell? Do they sign, you know, a Jordan Montgomery? Are they going to stay like the Rays? Or are they going to try now and look towards a long-term solution at the top of the rotation? Jordan Montgomery would not be a bad ad at the top there. He probably wouldn't be. He'd be less expensive than what Corbin Burns is going to require here this upcoming offseason after the 2024 season. So now you not only now solidify your third base position, which in the previous pot, if you remember, that was a spot that I felt like was the one really kind of missing piece throughout that lineup. They now get that with Joey Ortiz just like that. They add another absolute you know, weapon in the bullpen, and let's say they get to the playoffs. D.L. Hall doesn't have to be in starting either of those three games, you know, if they're in the divisional series. In, in you know, it, or excuse me, in the divisional series of the wild card, you can use him as a long reliever, and he's, and he's very, very dominant when he gets rolling. So both sides, in my opinion, won the deal. 
Obviously, the Orioles get the short-term benefit, okay? The short-term gain is going to be a little bit more with the Orioles. But I think the Brewers, just like they did with the Josh Hader trade, they just see things a little bit different than other organizations. And it's been and they've been successful for a reason. So exciting news. Thankful that this dropped because this offseason has been sort of boring. But let's see now. Does this now spark some moves that maybe we didn't see coming because of the altering impact of this deal on the rest of the league? Very excited. All right. Well, let's turn it over to well, it's actually stay in the same sort of topic with the Orioles, giving some more details as round to their new ownership deal. Andy uh, Koska, uh, I believe I pronounced that right, an Orioles beat writer from the Baltimore Banner, said that only sources have reported the, the sale thus far. So not the Angelos family who are the current owners or the report, reported new owners being the private equity group that reported it bought the team. I think that's getting solidified more and more now with Cal Ripken's name coming to float as well. Uh, the deal still needs to be approved by the MLB owners, which that meeting is happening in uh, the Orlando or Miami area in the coming weeks. Uh, reports say that three billionaires are part of the private equity group. So shocking that uh, that this deal was that big. Like I said earlier, the reported sale is to be around $1.73 billion. Funny enough, as I wrote these notes yesterday, the Orioles currently at the time ranked 29th in payroll this upcoming season. That will obviously change with this deal that just happened. Uh, and have ranked last or next to last for more than a decade. So, like we said, Michael Elias has brought this team, this organization, and he burnt it down. There was no way, there was really no end in sight for this team. So he said, hey, we got to burn this down and we have to build this team up. And look what it's done. You've now built the best farm system in baseball. Even after this trade, you still have the best farm system in baseball. Joey Ortiz would be a top-level talent in probably every other farm system across the league. But with the Orioles, it's just how, how well they've done developing their players, drafting, and taking the right measures. So, overall, this could be fascinating to see what the Orioles do even the rest of this offseason. Now does, this now, does this transcribe to other moves they make? It really is amazing. I'm very, very excited. Well, I wish the boys were on so I can give a little bit of a sort of a uh, update as to who's gotten it right, who's gotten it wrong. So let's look through it thus far. Shoyo Tani, myself, CM, and K-May all had the Dodgers. Vinny, you had the Cubs. And... You did say that he wants to play with another Japanese player. Well, that turned into Yoshinobu Yamamoto, okay? Now, Vinny, you didn't get that one right, buddy, all right? And I guess the Giants, CM guess the Red Sox, and K-May guess the Giants, okay? So all one-to-one -one thus far, because actually one and two thus far for all of us because Josh Hader, who signed with the Astros, none of us had the Astros as a target. I had the Cubs. CM had the Orioles with Bautista out. They obviously went the Craig Kimball route. And then Vinny and K-May both actually had the Rangers, which was probably the most uh, 
the high the the most connected team to Josh Hader throughout the offseason thus far. They've made some other moves going with David Robertson uh, and adding some other names across the board as well. Well, I've enjoyed doing this show solo thus far. I don't get interrupted by Vinny. I don't get interrupted by KMA. But maybe they'll probably they'll probably do that to me next week. I, I guarantee you they're going to listen to this and they're probably going to say, you did a great job, T. Lou, but you don't have to come at us so hard when we're not on the show. So hopefully it entices them to join the show more often. Let's talk about free agents uh, and offseason update thus far uh, since we last spoke. Free agent reliever uh, Wandy Peralta signed to the Padres on a four-year, $16.5 million deal. He has a player option every year of the deal, obviously starting after this upcoming season. So we'll have a player option in 2025, 2026, and 2027. That's a really, really interesting deal. Um, he's had Yankees fans were actually very sad to see him go. He's had a very, he had a very solid three years in New York. In uh, 2023 and 2022, he had below a 2.85 ERA and had above 50 innings pitch. A reliable option for them. Not a lot of walks. You know, a higher amount of strikeouts, you'd say, but obviously a solid arm from them. He also uh, played in San Francisco and began his career in Cincinnati. One other thing to mention, too, is what the – Padres have really kind of turned into this offseason. What an interesting organization because of how they went with the whole, we're going to spend all this cash, we think it's going to work, and it really is kind of backfired in their face. You know, reports came out about the TV deal that they had, how they're potentially bankrupt and all this stuff. Whatever. The Padres have made a lot of moves in order to kind of fulfill a lot of their needs. So, Here's sort of the offseason thus far for the Padres. So who has left the team is Blake Snell, Seth Lugo, uh, Walk, Michael Waka, Nick Martinez, Luis Garcia, and Josh Hader. Now who they brought in has been really cool to watch. Michael King, of course, came over in the uh, Juan Soto deal. Also in the, in the Juan Soto deal was Ronnie Vasquez, Johnny Burrito, and Drew Thorpe. Okay, other names, Eniel De Los Santos. De Los Santos, excuse me, Wu Suk Go, who is the uh, free agent that came over from Korea, and then Luis, Luis Patino, and then, of course, as we mentioned, Juan Peralta. So a lot of big names that came off the board from them, but a lot of young talent, and now a very interesting bullpen because this team, honestly, Many thought last year, and I I predicted them to actually win the World Series last year because they were a pretty loaded, uh, pretty loaded squad. But as it stands right now, okay, and we'll let Fame Graph sort of take a moment here. Okay. Now in their rotation right now, they're saying Luis Pantino is their long reliever. Their mid relievers, Wu Suko, Tom Cosgrove, Steven Wilson, Wani Peralta. Setup man in the seventh would be Aniel de los Santos. Setup in the eighth, which is a name we uh, should have mentioned earlier, which is Yuki Matsui, which is going to be a really, really fun arm to watch. And then finally, their closer, Robert Suarez. In my opinion, if I think Wandy Peralta, Wandy Peralta, excuse me, will be a solid option for him. I don't think they're going to have too many issues there. 
I think Wusuko and Yuki Matsui, if they can be 3-5 ERA, solid options out of the pen for them, I don't see too many issues with that bullpen. The other aspects of their team, we'll see. It's going to come down to can Michael King step up for the rotation, you Darvish and Joe Musgrove not get hurt and be on the field and be dominant on the mound. They're four and five with Pedro Villa and Randy Vasquez will be interesting, but we shall see how they do this upcoming season. One last note here, and this is a shout out to my boy Vinny. The Angels traded Trey Cabbage to the Astros for right-handed pitcher Carlos Espinosa. Of course, the Astros traded for Trey Cabbage. Well, folks, this is my first solo show. I'd love to hear your comments and your thoughts. I enjoyed this, but not going to lie, I always miss having the fellows uh, here on the pod and being able to bounce ideas off of them. I'm going to get their thoughts here on the next episode as to their you know takes on the deal and everything. And who knows, maybe there might be some other names that come on out that were that were also connected to this deal. But as of right now, we got a passing bomb here this uh, this evening. And wow, what an incredible, incredible trade that, again, we hope is going to really alter what happens now in the next coming weeks for this offseason. To everyone that tuned in, thank you so much for listening to another edition of the Big Fly Pod, and we'll talk to you here again soon.